Modern society is plagued by appalling violence. Tragedies like school shootings shock and divide the people. There is only one solution. Learn about God's plan to save the world using a church, a church that is not just a church. Next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. Last week, we saw another elementary school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Nineteen children were killed and one teacher, and uh, the students were in the second, third, and fourth grades. That means they were ages seven, eight, and nine. They were just children, you could almost say babies. And what kind of a world are they growing up in? What is happening in America and other nations, but America in particular? The shooter was also killed, and he was a, an 18-year-old teen, and he was certainly somewhat of a psychopath because before he went over and shot all the young children, he shot and killed his grandmother. Just a very troubled teen that should have been in some kind of an institution, it would seem, but that was not the case. Same day, there was a businessman killed on the New York City subway, and he was just shot by a man who was a, really a criminal with a list of violence. And you would think he would probably should be in jail, but he wasn't, and he shot at this businessman and killed him. And you wonder how many people are going to be afraid to get on the subway, because there are quite a few crimes happening on that subway. What is happening? Well, Ezekiel is an end-time book, and you can request a free copy of my booklet, and it'll prove everything I'm saying to you here today on that subject, on the subject I'm about to mention anyhow, in Ezekiel 7 and verse 23, Make a chain, for the land is full of bloody crimes, and the city is full of violence. I mean, that happens to be God's warning. And if you look at the context here, He does say He's going to punish His people, and that would include America and Britain and other nations that are, are uh, called Israel in your Bible, labeled Israel. But what is going on, and there is a message going out, and God is warning, and He wants to, us to avoid all these terrible problems we're facing if we would just heed His warning message. In Ezekiel 6 and verse 7 it says, I'll just read these quickly, and the slain shall fall in the midst of you, and you shall know that I am the Eternal. Well, there's something here that's going to lead into people knowing that God is God, and they don't know that today. I think we would have to agree to that. Verse 10 says, And they shall know that I am the Eternal. They're going to know that. In all of this, this violence it's leading into, they're going to get to know God, and they've never really known Him before. That is, the almost the total majority. 
or the total population of the world. Verse 14 also says, And they shall know that I am the Eternal. These people don't know God today, but they're going to get to know God. And we have a booklet on the United States and Britain in Prophecy that will explain all that to you. If you don't have a copy, you can request it, and all of our literature is free. There is a solution to all of this. There's certainly going to be some severe correction, but there is a solution, and God tells us that solution. And I want to talk to you about it because it's the only solution. There is no other, according to your Bible, and that's going to come true, you can be sure. The Apostle Peter and other apostles thought the end time was coming in their age for a while, for a short while, but it didn't happen. And what they were talking about was the end time that we're living in today. And he was prophesying what was going to happen in our end time, and he didn't even know it at the time he wrote this. Verse 3 of 1 Peter 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively or a living hope. There is a living hope here, and it's alive. It's something that really gives us hope in a terrifying time. Verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In the last time, or the end time, that we are living in today. Peter and his uh, cohorts were slaughtered before 70 A.D. They thought 70 A.D. is going to be that end time, but that was not the case. I'll also read this to you from the Revised Standard Version, 1 Peter 4 and verse 7. It says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore keep sane and sober for your prayers. Well, how about that? He goes on to talk about, well, if you do this, you will have unspeakable joy. Unspeakable. Unless you have the Spirit of God to understand it. It's unspeakable joy. Human beings can't even understand it without God giving them His Holy Spirit. So God says He wants us to keep stable and focused on our prayers. Now, we, we have to be praying. God says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, brings all kinds of wonderful things into your life. But look, if you uh, look at the four horsemen in the uh, book of Revelation, they're, I, I'm telling you, they're thundering in this direction, and the discussion of Armageddon. What is this all about? Also, there's my booklet on Daniel Unlocks the Book of Revelation, which explains that part of Revelation, and so you can uh, request a copy of that. We'll offer it to you again at the end of this program. But look at verse Peter 2 and verse 1. Here's what it says, So put away all malice, and all guile, and insincerity, and envy, and all slander, like newborn babes, long for the pure spiritual milk, 
that by it you may grow up to salvation. We have to grow up. We're immature spiritually, very immature, and we need to grow up to salvation. Salvation is education, and it's growth. And he's talking to us in the sense of, of the temple. We are the temple today. The spiritual temple are God's members in His true church. Now, he was teaching them that this was not just a church. He was, uh, Peter was talking about the church throughout this, and he never mentioned the word church. I wonder why. Why did he not mention that? He talked about living stones that are led by that living stone, Jesus Christ, and His bride-to-be, who are little stones, pebbles, compared to Christ. But nevertheless, He's making them His bride. He's making them into spirit beings that are going to share the throne of David with Him as His bride. Matthew 16, verse 18, Christ said, I will build my church, and the, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. In other words, it'll never die from that time on to the very end and his second coming. And uh, where is that church today? This, that little flock. We have to prove that, but God says it would be there all that period of 2,000 years. Where is it? Well, you see, Peter knew that there were false churches at that time, and this, his church was going through a lot of persecution. Some of them were, were turning away from God, and there were other false churches rising up, and Peter had to warn his people. But here he's talking about that living stone. It, Christ lives. Christ lives and He leads His church. He says, it's my church. It's not some man's church, though He does choose a man to represent Him and keeps Him around as long as He's doing His job. That's the way it goes. But He's talking about a spiritual temple. It's something we have to build, you and I. We have to build it. The temple had to be built anciently. The, the spiritual temple has to be built spiritually in this end time, and throughout the ages, really. Well, the church was in a lot of trouble, and so Peter didn't even use the name church. We'll see in a moment there were false prophets all around, raising up different churches. And Peter warned God's people about being deceived by those people, those false prophets. You can't trust men. You can only trust God. Peter was showing how they, they uh, differed from other churches. He says, look, uh, we, we have a, a rock, a great stone here that we can look to, to build, build on that, and then you will become a stone, living stones, living stone and living stones. We can prove all this. It's, it's something that's living along with a living hope. 
the only one there is. According to your Bible, not my words, but God's. And he said there also all of these members in the church are a holy priesthood. Wow, they're a holy priesthood. These people are endowed with great honor. Again, Peter did not use the word church, and he wanted us to see that we can be living stones. Like Jesus Christ is alive today, what is He doing? Well, He's not watching over our nation the way we'd like. I'm sure you'd all agree about that. Who would want to see a massacre of little children, little children growing up not even knowing anything about life yet, and now their lives were snuffed out by a psychopath? who no doubt should have been in an institution. But we just don't have many institutions like that. We just let it go, it seems. And yet Christ is saying here there is something that is going to regenerate all mankind. And all of this is about to change. Jesus Christ is about to return, and all of it's going to change. And what a wonderful blessing that will be. He says it will bring unspeakable joy. Not just another church, this is something that brings unspeakable joy. Notice what it says in verse 6 of 1 Peter 2, For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. That's Jesus Christ. And notice what He says, And he who believes in Him will not be put to shame. He's actually saying, well, you have to believe in Him. In other words, a kind of belief where you believe what He says. People talk about Christ all the time, but do they believe what He says in this book, the Old and the New Testament? Does He believe that? He absolutely promises that if you believe that, believe His Word, you will not be put to shame. And a lot of people are being put to shame today in this, but there is a holy priesthood. Somebody's being prepared to be a priesthood with Jesus Christ, sharing David's throne and helping Him rule the world. Those are the first fruits, those called out before Jesus Christ comes throughout 6,000 years. They've been called. And he goes on to say, To you therefore who believed, he is precious. I should say, he is. Those who believe know that Jesus Christ is precious. And so is the Father. Malachi 1 and verse 6 says, His own lukewarm church does not honor their Father. And you need to understand what that all means. And it's explained in my book on Malachi's messages. The little book, it's called in Revelation 10. So churches stumble at this stone. The stone causes most people to stumble. They will not believe what Christ says. Verse 9 says this, But you are a chosen race, chosen by God, a royal priesthood. That means royal, that means kings and priests. Revelation 1 and verse 6. 
It says, He has made us kings and priests. He has made us kings and priests already. In embryo, those first fruits today are kings and priests. Can you believe that? Can that be true? Well, look what he said. Let's go on. He says, royal priesthood, that's what it means, kings and priests. A holy nation. Well, what does that mean? A holy nation is going to be here when Jesus Christ returns? Yes, it is. And God has been preparing it for 6,000 years. And the world usually pays very little attention. But they're not going to get away with that soon if they want to live beyond this life on earth. It continues here, a holy nation, God's own people, that you may declare the wonderful deeds of Him that called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Now here he says His people are going to declare this great message. They're going to declare it, and it's going to be a witness to people who don't obey it. They're not going to have any excuse at all. God says He wants us all to be warned and avoid all these terrible things that we're entering into, the worst time of suffering ever on this earth. He wants to stop that if we'll heed His message. But He isn't going to force it on us, but He's certainly going to get a witness out there through booklets and books and magazines and TV and radio. God has chosen the first fruits. And uh, I'll just paraphrase that. It's discussed over in uh, Isaiah 43 and has this to say, Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Is God going to get this message out to people? And it, He says it's a new thing, some, a new civilization. Is it me? Are you going to just not know it? Well, that's the way it is with most people. In verse 21 it says, This people have I formed for myself, and they shall show forth my praise. It's going to be out there. They're going to be showing forth God's praise. And this, this living stone is right there guiding them all the way. He is a living God that leads His church, Jesus Christ, who is, who is uh, given that responsibility from His Father. But you see, the, these living stones are filled with living hope unspeakable joy. What a wonderful time it is if we just understand what God is saying. This is not, you see, it's just not just a church. There are a lot of false churches, a lot of false prophets. I'll show you that in a moment. Peter is explaining this in a way where this, this, this church of God is not like other churches. It's not like other churches. It's different. There are living stones there, living hope, unspeakable joy, and they have a message that they declare and deliver to this world. What a wonderful message it is from God. And there's a holy nation. Let's look at that in Isaiah. A holy nation. Well, where would that come from? Well, notice what he says. 
Verse 5, Hear you the word of the Eternal, you that tremble at His word. Is that you? Is that me? And then verse 7, Before she travailed, this church, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. In other words, God's about to show us what it means to be born again. His church is going through some trials and tests in this end time, as others are. God does try and test them so that they will be prepared to rule with Him when He gets back very shortly. And it's good. He says, Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Verse 8, Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Well, what do you know? Children being born into the family of God. And that's just happens at Jesus Christ's return. It doesn't happen before then. Born again is being born into the very family of God. And that's all explained in our book on Born Again, which you certainly need to read. It's a powerful little booklet. Verse 9, it says, Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth? Do you think God's going to bring us up here where we're all almost ready to be born into the family of God, and He's not going to bring forth this, this born time in, his, uh, in the family of God? Of course, God's always going to bring you, you forth if you've been loyal to Him, and you're going to be born into His family and live and rule with Him forever and ever and ever over this earth, and even over all of the universe for all eternity. Amazing, wonderful scriptures. God talks about in other scriptures, the, this, is, this is the way of truth. He talks about in John, the way of truth. God wants us to stand up and be counted for truth. The real truth, not phony truth. Don't deceive yourself. Don't be a hypocrite. God says this is a way of truth. God's Word is truth, John 17 and verse 17 says. His Word is truth. And John 8 and verse 44 says, Satan is the father of liars, and there are a lot of liars out there, but God says His people Speak the truth, and if they don't, then He's going to punish them severely, and more so even the others. Notice 2 Peter 2 and verse 1, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily, secretly, or surreptitiously shall bring in damnable or destructive heresies even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction." He's talking about His own people, where even denying the Master who bought them, or purchased them with His own life, giving His own life, being beaten severely before He was even crucified, and then He was crucified, and marred more than any man ever on this earth so He could pay for all of our sins and have us born into His family. That applies to all who have ever lived. 
there's going to be some great resurrections. God is going to do that. He's promised that. And God does not and cannot lie. That's what we need to understand. We are here, if we understand this, to help Christ regenerate all of mankind who's ever lived and who wants to be in God's family forever. It's the most wonderful blessing you could ever imagine. It's a marvelous light. God said earlier, as I mentioned it to you, and so Peter just never did use the word church. He wanted them to see what, what this church of God is really like, and he spelled it out, and the wonderful reward he's going to give all of God's people if they will heed this warning message. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. Modern society is plagued by appalling violence. Tragedies like school shootings shock and divide the people. There is only one solution. Learn about God's plan to save the world using a church, a church that is not just a church. The Apostle Peter wrote about God's church without calling it a church. That's because the true church is more than a church. It will bring indescribable joy to all mankind very soon. This glorious future is connected to the misunderstood truth about being born again. Request our free booklet, Just What Do You Mean, Born Again?, to prove the purpose of God's one true church. Understand the link between God's church today and the coming kingdom of God that will preside over the wonderful world tomorrow. The true born-again doctrine comes straight from the Bible. It explains what being born again really means. You can prove that being born again is a future event, that no one but Jesus Christ has experienced it yet. You can see exactly what your mind and body will be like once truly born again. You can grasp the time frame of God's plan for all humanity to be born again. First, the church, then everyone who has ever lived. You can know why the church will be born again first for the purpose of teaching the multitudes how to live God's way and prosper. You can discover that being born again is about family, exactly as it sounds. The incredible human potential is to be born again, this time into the God family. Study Just What Do You Mean, Born Again, to learn how to obtain this awesome prize. Discover how this miraculous spiritual transformation is an exact parallel to the physical development stages of conception, gestation, and birth. God expects spiritual growth from His people in preparation for being born again, and He offers practical tips to help anyone who will listen to Him. This vital spiritual knowledge will change how you live for the better. You'll also receive a free copy of Gerald Flurry's book, The New Throne of David. God's church is more than a church. It's soon to be born again as the bride of Christ to produce billions of children for the God family. Uncover the special way that God is now preparing His loyal people for this epic responsibility. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request Just What Do You Mean, Born Again and The New Throne of David. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request Just What Do You Mean, Born Again? 
and the new throne of David. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. The preceding program was a paid presentation of the Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.